prior supports coming? What's that? Prior supports? How's everything going? Like people using the word? I got some. Oh, prior support. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have two clients right now, and I'm kind of glad I'm going through this at the time. One of my clients doesn't speak English. He gets therapeutic work. Like he came in with a frozen shoulder. I've been working on him without communication. Mm -hmm. That's tough. <laughs> I have to communicate through his wife oh, after yeah. the session. How are things going? Yeah. Give me percentages. Yeah. How are we doing? <laughs> so that's a really interesting doing therapeutic work on somebody who doesn't speak your language. Okay. And then the other one is I ran into a situation where I'm two client, I'm two sessions into a client who hasn't received any benefits from the massage, but has a specific issue. Okay. And just trying to maintain what's her to see what's and then and then what I'm what I'm doing in that mode is I'm I'm starting I'm just looking at what else am I, what else you know what else am I not during the second treatment, what am I missing here during the second treatment I had her see Billy and I sat in with the session with the Cairo just to kind of get some more information and he seems to think it's her, she has an inflamed SI joint which could be so we're gonna take it from there with that being the cause of it and try to work from there. Is it low back pain? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you fighting? Literally, I've literally hit, no, there's no muscles involved in it. So I'm now I'm at the, well, let's branch off here because I've literally worked every muscle that attaches to her sacrum. That, that, that's when you start thinking, this is why I brought this up, Yeah. is because that and will I, happen. And I already pre-told her, hey, you know, I want to, if we end up plateauing or if you don't feel like you're getting benefits out of the massage. Um, okay, so we have the low back pain. And we have all the different things. Yeah, I told her that she may be in the 20 percentile. And that if so, if it's not a myofascial issue, that she might want to go. And then that's what she was asking me. Well, at this point in time, what kind of doctor should she go see? And I just told her probably an orthopedic doctor. So, think about this. Where was I? Oh, oh I was in uh, I was in uh, San Antonio last week doing this class. And um, we've got some really, really, really amazing, amazing therapists in this group. Yes. Really top-notch folks. Thank you. And um, I said I said to them. JP is one of, do you know JP? Mm -hmm. JP and Renee. I said something along the lines of, what percentage of your people, of your, of your people that come into you for therapeutic level work are you not able to help? And I think JP said uh, 0%, and I think Renee said 1%. 1%. And I said, well then, you, you, you guys, your, your experience is very different than mine, because I I don't I don't make it with about twenty percent of them. Okay, I, I fail flat out fail, flat out fail on twenty percent of my my customers. That's why I have the the percentages that I give you guys, right? Because twenty percent of them don't respond. I and then and I don't know which twenty percent is going to be. So what do I do? You. Yes, I do a therapeutic <laughs> trial, and then and then I I'm looking for progress. I'm looking for significant improvement in three sessions. Three sessions. Significant meaning what? Thirty-ish. You know, depending on the situation. Um, and then and if I don't get that, I'm watching closely. I'm not going to give up at but I'm starting to watch closely. They better start progressing. They better start progressing, 
or I'm gonna dub them one of the 20%. Because my experience is, if it's a myofascial issue and I'm doing myofascial work, they progress. They progress. And if they don't progress, then I, then, see, what I, what, I, I think I was, it was this class last week, and I, watching for it. I guess, <coughs> at the, at, what would be your advice to, as to when you get to the end of the therapeutic trial, no improvement, um, get to a place yourself where you don't feel like you can help that person, well, then what do you do? Okay, this, this, this come up, this came up last week. I mean, my aunt, does anybody remember what I said? At the end of their therapeutic trial, if you kind of come to the conclusion that you're not going to be able to help this person, what do you do then? You can tell Check them about their well, regular massages. No, I mean, at that point in time, you already know it's not going to get fixed by massage. At this point well, in time, they just you want maybe come in for just regular massages. Then. Send them to the yeah, doctor. Yeah, the the doctor. To relieve their stress, have inflammation. I'm levels. checking other structures and it's not. Okay, so there isn't really a wrong answer. I'm just saying, I, I mean, at that point in time, I feel like I personally should refer them out to a surgeon or a doctor. Okay, so what I said last week, I think you brought it up last week, and what I said was, it depends on where you are in the... In the, in the I'm saying at the very end, and you don't feel like you can help. And, on, but they hold still on, want hold treatment. on, hold on, <clears throat> What's the very end? How many sessions would you say? I mean, I'm not going to treat a plateaued person more than two sessions. Okay. This is where I drew this little guy right here. 23. This is the start. Start of investigation. This is the end. Oh, this is the circle. We, we thought it was going in a circle. It's something pain. It's the what, pain. I said, what I said was, Drew, how you handle a plateau depends on where you are in this, in this, in this, I'm not going to call it a cycle, a process. If, if you're here, if the, if the client started this a few months ago, started with this pain pattern a few months ago, and you're one of the first people they've come to, then you want to get them, you want to move them on to, to a full, to evaluate, this we could call this the, I said the investigative process, the E, Evaluative process. If they're at the end, they've already been everywhere. You're at the end. Then you simply have the discussion about some form whether this is useful to you. If there's any help at all, do you remember this mm -hmm. discussion? Yeah. So, is that is that a reasonable answer? I mean, I guess to I mean a certain degree, I'm 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 wondering at what point in time do we send them out to a real doctor? I mean, if I we're if simply, if I we simply, I don't feel like if if you have to ask that question, I feel like you haven't heard me. Maybe I'm just not wording it right. Let me say it one more time. You will be, you, everybody here, will have people that come to you at the very beginning of, of the process. They're trying to figure out what's wrong. That'll come on, you, you'll be one of the first people they see. Maybe because you helped them before, or your friend recommended you. So they start having this problem, and they go, let, let me go see if my massage therapist can help me. You start working on them. They plateau. That's when you would send them out because they've not had, the evaluative process has not occurred. There are other people that you will work on that have been everywhere. They've been to four orthopedists, two pain specialists, 
five physical therapists, two chiropractors, four massage therapists, and now they've come to you. And now when, now when you hit a plateau, you don't send them out to a real doctor. Well, no, because you're at the you, last you're, resort. You're at the end of I that process. That. She's not. I'm in the beginning stages of her process. There's your answer. I know, and exactly at what point in time do I tell her Thank if, I don't, I, feel okay, like, so good, if good. I don't feel like I can help her at the end of this process, okay, good, good. meeting good. the beginning stages of the process. So you're asking more specifically about the visits. Okay. Yes. Right. So. Um, she doesn't know what she has. She hasn't been to any doctor. She has been to other MTs, no help. Yeah. I'm like her third I'm, MT. I'm in the, I'm in the um, depending on the situation, how much improvement I've, I've seen, I'm in the um, you know, four to five to six to seven treatment visit area, and I'm really looking at the last three treatments. Because remember, the first, the first few, all bets are off because I'm trying all kinds of stuff. I, I may be here one way and over here somewhere else and over here, but I finally, by the seventh or eighth, six, seven days treatment, I'm kind of settling in. So that's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm, I'm kind of evaluating on there. So somewhere, quite frankly, it, it, it so much depends. I know. It depends on the intensity of the situation, how, how serious of a problem I perceive it is. I, it depends on the, the patience of the client uh, uh, and, and what they want, how comfortable they are. There are clients that say, I don't want to go to the doctor. I don't want to go to, I don't want to, I don't want to go to an orthopedist. Orthopedists cut on people. I want to try this. I might give those people a little more time. Other people are, I'm not, I, should I go to the doctor? Should I go to the doctor? Really? Yeah, go to the doctor. You know what I'm saying? You know, those people, you know, so it depends on the, how the client, how tolerant they are to, to spending a little more time. Um, if it's, a, if, it, if I perceive it's a medical emergency, so, so there are conditions that are more worrisome than others. Um, numbness and tingling means the nerves involved. And we can, we, can, we can endure some time with numbness and tingling. But if we ever get weakness, that's, that's bad. We, we, gotta, we, gotta, we gotta make decisions rapidly now. I'll, I might give it a few treatments for it to turn around with weakness. And I'm, um, but you know, any kind of atrophy, meaning the, the, the muscle bases have, have, have shriveled, um, so if they don't have the strength, I might have them do different kinds of tests to test their, their strength. If they lose strength, they've, they've, I, might test, I might do a muscle test. If, they, if they're loss of strength, that's bad. So there are things that come into play that, that indicating nerve damage and loss of strength is nerve um, um, tingling. I'm missing tingling is nerve involvement. But it's generally not uh, damaging the nerve. But weakness can be an indication that the nerve is damaged. So I'm sure that your doctors, whenever they saw weakness, they were very they were they were I concerned. Still have weakness in this yeah, one. yeah. So that, that's that's going to be talking about like atrophy, the muscles. Atrophy, atrophy, atrophy can be is different than weakness, but it, but it, but it's it's a similar problem. Okay. So when they were always, I'm sure they were always measuring you looking at circumference, different places, 
keeping track of that. They were doing muscle tests with her probably. Muscle test was, even, even after the surgery, the muscle test was horrible. Yeah. After were they doing biceps tests? What, they, what were they doing? Yeah, yeah. She, well, she did a, <coughs> oh, oh, dynamo, grip, grip, grip testing, yes. Oh my gosh. So, I guess, I guess after horrible. a certain amount of sessions, I just start presuming that if it's not a soft tissue myofascial issue, that it has to be a structural issue of some kind. That to, I mean, not necessarily, but that's just my presumption. After, if I'm in this evaluation and she's not getting better from the myofascial soft tissue work, to me, I go to structure-related issues. Okay, so so here, if I could just if I could if I could just get a, a potential change in thought. Yeah. Remember our low back pain. Remember all of our arrows. So what I how I translate what you said is that it's not myofascial then it must, remember we've got all these different things here, right? But not, I hear you say, if it's not myofascial, it must be this. All I would ask for you to, is to say, if it's not myofascial, it might be any one of those. So yeah, expand, expand your thinking to not just structural. It could be anything, it could be cancer, it could be, a, a, it could be an aneurysm, it could yeah. be a thousand things, right? Don't just limit it to, oh, if it's not myofascial, it must be structural. Okay. It's something else, and there's lots of other. It could be some autoimmune problem. It could be an autoimmune issue. It could, it, the, the, the whole list is endless. So open, open your mind and uh, let it be anything. It can be anything if it's not myofascial. But we, but we, we help this one narrow, narrow category of problems. Uh, anybody else want to talk about what happened last? Oh, um, and a question, Tina. Yeah. Want, want to go to your question? Uh, want to ask your sure. question? Um, my question is with headaches um, I had said earlier can you impact hormonal if you can't impact hormonal can you impact weather related okay so great questions <clears throat> because she allows me to talk about something that I have never talked about before so I'm very very happy that you brought that up because here is the scoop Um, can you help with headaches? Okay, I get, woman says, um, I get headaches every day on the third day of my cycle. Can you help me? You know it's a hormonal headache. Can you help me? We can try. It's the same can, response. We can try. It's the same. It's the same. It's the same. It's, the same. it's, the same. it's a therapy trial. Here's why. Here's why. We know it's, we know that, 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 Hormones are mediating this. It's on the third day of the cycle every single time. We know there's a hormone involved. But here's what I want you to understand. And here's what, when you understand this, hopefully you'll be willing to, to try because of this. It's the same exact, uh, she asked about weather-related headaches, by, uh, barometric pressure issues that would, would change the, the way the sinuses move. So it's the exact same thing. And I don't know, I've never ever tried to explain this before, so this is gonna, who knows if I can do this. Uh, adequately, I never do it great the first time. I rarely do it great the first time, but I think about it, and then I try it again later on, and then I, after about four or five times, I, I do better. But let's try this. And the way that I think about this <clears throat> is, I, I think about it in terms, it's a neurological concept called a threshold, okay. Here's how this works. This is going to be this is going to be a challenge, but I'm going to I'm going to do my best. 
See, when you understand something really well, you can explain it easily. The least, the less that you understand something, the harder it is to explain. Okay, so I'm, I'm, re, I'm re, re, uh, kind of revealing my ignorance. Okay, here's the way nerves nerves work. This is just the way. I, there's probably a better way to explain it, but here, let's try this. Nerves work in a very in, a, in an interesting way. You guys know that nerves go into um, they they go in they're, they're in they're in they're in um, they're in series. And, and then you guys know that the space between the, the nerve and the next one is called the synapse. You ever heard that term before, the synapse? This is that the way a nerve, uh, the way a nerve uh, impulses are perpetuated, this is a chemical process here, okay? Acetylcholine, acetylcholine A. Um, esterous. What's that? Acetylcholine esterous. Well, esterous would, 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 would deplete it. That's, that, that makes it go away. Esterase means erase it. So, so this is a chemical process here that perpetuates. So then it, so then it perpetuates down the, down the path to the next one. Okay. So, so nerves have to reach a certain threshold before they fire. So they'll have a stimulus, a stimulus, a stimulus, a stimulus. Oh, so it's actually it's um, it's it's this way. It's this way. So here's the threshold. And then the nerve gets stimulated, 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 stimulated. When it reaches the threshold, it fires. Okay? You have to reach the threshold of stimulus before the nerve fires. So, <clears throat> with headaches, you might have a multitude of of stimuluses coming into causing the headache issues. It's the same kind of a thing. Um, you might be drinking red wine, having a hormone imbalance, and having muscle tension. Those things can all play on triggering the headache, kicking in, exceeding the threshold. If you can eliminate one of those, you might not exceed the threshold. That's deep. Yeah. Okay. So, so if somebody if if somebody has, gets a headache, the beginning third day of their cycle, if I if I can go in and find myofascial issues and eliminate those, I might be able to keep that from reaching that level. I might help them. I've seen it happen. You will help headaches that are. are that are, that, are, that, are, that are triggered by hormones. And this is how it happened, because you've, you've reduced the overall um, 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 stimulus into what's creating that ultimate stimulus. Okay? So, you'd be, so the answer would be, let's give it a go. Let's give it a, let's give it a try and see. I've seen, it happen, I've seen it successful lots and lots. Doesn't always work. And if it doesn't, you'll know why. So the same thing with the um, weather, the weather. Same thing with the weather. The weather issue is just one more thing pushing it over the edge. But if I can eliminate some of the underlying stuff, we might be able to keep it from ever happening at all. That's the idea. Okay? I've never ever tried to explain that before. <laughs> because nobody's ever asked. All right. Anything else? 
All right, so we're gonna, I'm going to go quickly, guys, review it. I want to leave time at the end. Um, so as a review, it's not about 30 things. It's about 30 small things. It's not about one big thing. Did we cover that well enough? You understand what I mean by that? There's a whole bunch of things. Just not, don't look for one big thing. Okay, we're good? Awareness. I encourage you to be aware of what is making a difference. Mindful awesomeness versus mindless awesomeness. Have you, been, have you tried to be more aware of what you're doing and what's making a difference? That was one thing ever since starting with OK, but it's just any structure I'm on, any part of the body I'm on, I'm thinking, what am I working? Rather than just kind of you know, doing the motions, that's mm -hmm. one thing I've really changed. Good. One of the things I'd love for you to be aware of are your beliefs. How have those changed? What do I believe now? I truly believe that if your practice is transformed a year from now, and I was to somehow be able to understand how your beliefs have changed, that you would say, what's really changed for me in the last year are how I think about things, my beliefs, how I, what I believe about things. So try to understand what those are and how those have changed. Um, your identity. Awareness of your identity. What is your identity? You'll never be able to develop beyond what your identity allows. If you see yourself as this, you will never be able to develop into that. Okay, so try to be aware of that. How do you see? How do you see? How do you see yourself? In other words, uh, the the best way I can give an example of this is that I've always, when I first started talking about this, I was saying, I want you to change your, you might have missed that the class that I, do you remember me talking about this? Well, because I did two yeah. in January and then okay. I did the last two years. Um, so you might have missed the class where I actually talked about it. And that is, I said, I want to change your ident identity. Oh, I heard you say that. I want you to start thinking of yourself as a, 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 a healthcare practitioner, a myofascial practitioner rather than a massage therapist. Because a massage therapist conduct themselves a certain way, but a myofascial practitioner, a healthcare practitioner, they actually do things differently. Well, there's still that, that whole stereotype, too, that comes in when you, when you listen to people. I hate the word masseuse. Yeah. And a massage therapist get thrown into that masseuse. And I've always, I've always yeah. people call me that, I'm like, no, no. I'm a licensed massage therapist. Exactly. You know, now yeah. I'm you know, yeah. changing yeah. identity even yeah. more to go that. So, um, every, and, and just understanding that when we do certain things, you're casting a vote for that identity. When you engage in certain behavior, you're casting a vote for that identity. For example, every time you set up a treatment program for somebody, you're casting a vote for a healthcare practitioner. Every time you explain to them, what's wrong with them and, and how the, the, um, the muscle memory works and why you need a couple of treatments to work this and repattern re this out, you're, you're casting a vote for a healthcare practitioner mouth versus just handing them a glass of water. Every time you hand somebody a glass of water, you know, that's, a, that's another thing. So you get the idea. Um, the whole idea, of, whole, whole idea of uncertainty, the willingness to uh, live and practice with uncertainty. Has that been something you guys have... Started to embrace more? That's huge for me. It really is. It really is. Um, 
I, I tried to get you to drop your fears. Um, to drop your fear that someone will see me as selling something when you go to tell them about what treatment they need. I hope you don't think that your doctor that tells you how they're going to remove the tumor is trying to sell you his surgery. Um, remove the fear that I won't be able to help someone. There will be people you will not be able to help. Remove the fear, uh, drop your fear that uh, I will make a situation worse. You will make some situations worse. You have to, you have to just roll with it. Drop the fear of, 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 of using therapeutic level pressure. Drop the fear of setting up a treatment program. Understand that the body is a self-healing mechanism and we're, we're just facilitating. That will pay you very high dividends, that perspective. When you're working on discs, for example, you're just helping facilitate. The body's healing. You're just trying to make, make it all happen. The concept of a therapeutic trial, that dovetails with that ambiguity thing. You guys, has that been something you've been able to, to use, the therapeutic trial idea? If I had to cast my vote, I would say that this would have to be one of the top two or three that I would nominate for the most important idea of this whole class, this idea of a therapeutic trial. It's really important. It's really important. I mean, if you get it, it just opens up the whole world to you. The concept of congruency is an important concept. You guys know what I mean by that when I say that? Okay, this is where you walk your talk. As a, as a, this is a, a little bit of a, I call it, uh, I jokingly call it a muju muju kind of conversation. It's kind of talking about the energies and the ethers, and it's almost like a new agey kind of thing. But I truly believe it. I truly believe that you will be successful in this business to the degree that you're congruent, to the degree that you walk your talk. In other words, if you tell your therapist, your clientele, they should be coming in for two or three, four sessions to solve a problem, and yet you have a problem that you've never had four treatments for, you're not walking your talk. If you tell them how important it is to come in for their treatments and you don't ever go get a massage, well, except to your very favorite person that you know does it just the way you want, you know, then you're not walking your talk. If you will never pay for a massage session only with the trade, quite frankly, I don't think you're congruent. I don't think you're congruent. I think you should be willing to pay for massage. If you're not, there's something amiss, and your world will change when you start doing that. I don't think every massage you have to pay for, but you should be willing to pay for a massage. And if you're not, you're telling the universe something, and I think you should stop telling it that. You should go get a massage. That's congruency. Getting regular sessions when you need it, getting treatment for conditions that you have, rather than go home and lie on the couch and hope it goes away, you come in and get your treatment. That you follow a treatment program when it's when it's required when it's necessary to try to solve problems, and that you pay for sessions occasionally and you show the universe that I am willing to pay money for this. That's congruency. Walk in your talk. <coughs> and it will come up in your sessions because your clients, if you're setting up treatment your clients, your clients will ask you, Oh yeah, how often do you go? <laughs> How often do you get work done? I mean, who do you see? I, I've actually They'll ask that a lot because they want to know if yeah, you're they want to know if you're walking your your yeah. talk. Yeah. And if you can't rattle off how many massages you get a month and Absolutely. where you go, they they don't believe in you. So yeah, it's what he's saying here is very important. 
Like, you need to walk your walk. If you're not getting massages, then you're not, how can you tell somebody to go get them if you're not doing it yourself? So, I agree. The ex- this is a topic I call the excellence mindset, and it's doing the things that some folks just don't want to do. Arriving early, reviewing preference and notes, taking good notes, starting every session on time, the look of your room, giving a full session, a full time, inviting clients to address the issues that they have, inviting clients to address the issues, setting up treatment plans when appropriate, recommending three therapists when appropriate, minimizing talking, minimizing talking, focusing on your clients during the session, with colleagues, minimizing uh, shop talk and giving them a great session. Have anybody played with that? Have you had colleagues come in? And did you, did you give them a great session? Yeah. We talked about that, right? We still talk. It's, it's too, it's, it's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that our, a lot of our clients, I mean, our, our colleagues will say that I, I can't get a good session when I come in. Everybody, you know, I just want to talk shop and... Okay, so the touch points of therapeutic level work, you all know those, right? I don't need to, I don't need to go over them. Please just go over them again. What's one? Establish that you have a therapeutic. Make sure you have a therapeutic level client. Are we doing the seven? Uh huh. Seven. Oh, okay. <laughs> seven touch points of therapeutic seven level work. So determine it. Make determine sure. it. Make sure that you have a therapeutic level client. I mean, doesn't that's that's really good. That's really that's really important. It's brilliant. I mean, think about this. The, I always say the worst thing you can do is to do a therapeutic session on somebody that doesn't want a therapeutic session. So make sure you got a therapeutic level client before you do a therapeutic level session. And you all know how to do that, right? You ask the three questions, you determine if it's an internal or external problem, you, um, you, you, you count the cost, so to speak, make sure they're willing to, to, to count the cost. It's that why, it's the why. Going this way, we're going this way. Okay, num- number two. Find the problem. Find the problem. How do you do that? Help me. With your skills. <laughs> Go over the protocols, right? What were you going to say? No, no. Use the protocols to look for the problem. And, when, and then if you find the problem, what do you do? Tell the client. Number three is tell the client you found the problem. Why do you do that? So they know that they aren't crazy. That's actually, I wrote that in the earlier, so that they know they're not crazy. I knew I had a problem. I mean, they, they want that. I knew I had a problem. This sucker hurts. Well, you're not crazy. You've got a problem. Can you help them and I think I found it, and I think I can help you. Okay? So that's important to do that. Have you guys been doing that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So make sure you have a therapeutic level client. Look for the problem. Find the problem. Then treat the problem. Treat the problem. Now, my favorite, number five. Explain the process. Explain the process. Have you guys been playing with this one? So let's... Because you're always doing step six and step five. Excuse me? You're always setting up the treatment process. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So, so, so step six. What's step six? It's done in step five. Treatment. It's confusing, isn't it? So, so step six is what? Set up the treatment process. And that happens in step five. No. Yeah. Okay. So, so let's, let's do five. Let's do five. What all is part of this? What helping them understand the issue? The low frequency. Frequency is is true. Intensity and pressure. Number of treatments. Number of treatments. What to expect? Oh, the percentage. 
the percentage of, uh, of, of uh, success. Good. Something goes up here. Intensity. Huh? Intensity. Oh, well, but I need more than that. Intensity is part of this, but what about intensity? The pressure. Oh, you said pressure? I didn't hear you. So, location. I think you're looking for pressure, right? No. Intensity. Well, I, well we, we're going to discuss, we, but, but there's more. There, I mean, there, you can't just say pressure. You can't just say intensity. You have to, you have to explain what, I mean, is, is this the way it's going to sound with your, with your pie? Intensity. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so these these no. treatments are going to be, these pressure. treatments that we're going to have Nothing are going to be. Nothing can always go lighter. The treatment, the, the treatment plans that we're going to set up, are gonna, they're going to be more painful than the normal ones. I can Health. always go lighter. Is an important is part of this. Right. Healthy tissue should not be Yes, short. yes, yes. The more pressure, the more results. Yes. That was here. That's here. The, the more pressure. The better the More pressure. Uh, the better. The better. I'll just put. What do you, in that terms of more pressure is always better, if you get a really, uh, like I had one client and she couldn't breathe very well without pain every time, and I just did myofascial stretching, it wasn't about pressure, and within 30 minutes she was feeling completely better. But you were still doing therapeutic work. Oh yeah. But you I mean. at her level. But when you have that like absolute that the more pressure there is the more no. but everybody's different not necessarily it's what her body is responding to not it's well I feel like I feel like if you if you've been through these I feel like if you've been through all these sessions and you have to ask that question I'm 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 gonna go home today and cry myself to sleep because no. I'm an abject <laughs> it's failure a, it's more of a question about like how it's coming off to a lot of other people in the class that might be like misconstrued because a lot of a lot of uh, therapists here will will dig into my body and not take let's the just time put it this way anything I can say you can find a way that that's not true any any statement that comes out of my mouth you can say but in this case that's not true Generally. so so I would ask you to not do that okay I think you know what my intent is I think you know that I've always said um, within reason, within with all things being equal, I'm going to I'm going to try to work uh, as deep as I can with people within their within their level of tolerance. I've said over and over and over again, if they ask me to go lighter, I do. I never ever ever once say to people, "Oh, you're just a wimp. You can't take the pressure." Hey, my 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 85 year old grandmother would take twice this pressure. I mean, I've, I've said that. I've said every single class I've said that. So I, I'm not sure. I think that's a given. That's a given. That if somebody can't take any pressure at all, that well, you would do other things with them. She wanted the pressure. I wouldn't give it to her because she was going to jump off the table. I was just you, have, you can only go as deep as somebody will allow you to. But I, at the same time, uh, an important part of my work has been that I'm educating people. I'm educating people that I'm trying to, I walk a fine line here. I'm trying to give you enough pressure 
so that you benefit from the treatment, but not so much that you don't ever want to see me again. And generally speaking, over the years, I have seen that the, the deeper I can go with you, the better. How many times has that, those, those, those sentences come out of my mouth in these last four weeks? Usually two or three times per, so, so I think I've been very clear on that. And I, I think I've been, I mean, are you, do you have anything? Do you? I mean, can I just say, ask something real quick just to understand? You're, she, you're saying she can take this pressure, correct? But you, you're, you as a therapist decide she can't take the pressure? I she mean, just is, her, that, her is idea, that a minor, like, her idea of this, the, the, the like, broad idea is, uh, well, just give me a bunch of pressure and it'll make me feel better and I'm saying that sometimes like that mindset as therapist and as, as especially through our clients can actually limit us and the work look, we're doing. Look, 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 look. Hey, this, this isn't my first rodeo. This is not my first discussion on this topic, okay? Probably dozens and dozens and dozens of times. We do our work up front. We're looking for people that want to practice the way that we practice, okay? When we hire you. If you tell me, I don't want to go deep with people, if you tell me when we're in the, hold on, hold on. You tell me in the interview process, look, it doesn't matter to me what a client tells me. I'm going to use the pressure that I want to use. I know, I know better what the client needs than what they know. We're done. We're, done. we're, we're all done. We're not going to be a good, we're not going to be a good fit. Because I believe the client knows best what they need, and I believe in giving the client what they need within reason. So, so you can you can you can take that position, but I think you're I think you're in error, quite frankly, in in telling the client that I know better what you need than it you know. It wasn't it wasn't that she's like I know that this is going to help me, so do whatever you need to do. And I said okay, well we'll check. And then when I got to the tissue, if I went more than this she would jump off the table, which... Yeah, and I've, and I've repeatedly said, I don't know how many times I've said it in this uh, four sessions, but I have repeatedly said that I will never work through contraction, through muscle contraction. Yeah. Yeah. They have to be able to, con yeah. to relax, or I, I'm not going to work on it. It's, so it's so, I, so actually, this is probably a classic case where we're really agreeing about stuff, but we're arguing about it. I mean, the more, the more pressure, uh, it, generally the better. Did we talk about soreness the next day? Did we, did we mention it? I said sore, but no. Okay, so, so you'll, you'll be sore. You'll possibly be sore. I was too. You'll possibly be sore for a couple of days. You let them give them a set of expectations about soreness. Okay. So that's the kind of stuff that we do under number five, helping them understand the process. Number six is set up the treatment program. This is an interesting one. We have we have session we have steps one two three four five six seven. Okay. One through six can literally happen on the first treatment. Okay, that can all happen on the first treatment. Everything. Okay? Seven, what's seven? Manage the treatment. Manage the treatment process. So what seven is, seven is looking at how are these treatments going? How are they doing? Are we making progress? Are we making sufficient progress? And what are we going to do now that we've gone through some these treatments? This is looking, looking at a series of treatments. So this is like the first treatment. This is like a single treatment. And then this is looking at a series of treatments. 
and thankfully you don't have to go through one, two, three, four, five, six again usually after you go through it the first time just to manage it. I, I, I often will reinforce some of these things. Yeah, totally. I will often reinforce some of these things. But uh, no, no. Um, and, and you know, I can reinforce that I've that I've found the problem. Um, you could come up with another problem during the treatment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There may be other things. Treat the problem. Set up the treatment process. Okay, so we're good. One good thing I've noticed <laughs> that when you're in the, the the managing the treatment process, it is a good idea for a tissue that you've found to be sore prior to them. But why they're coming back? Go into that tissue. Oh wow, this feels better. Hey, I'm using the same pressure here. Doesn't feel as bad, does it? Make sure you're reinitiating, go finding that the same tissue and re-going over it. A lot of times it won't be as tender as tight as it was before, but they definitely want you to re-hit that tissue and just kind of move on because once that tissue is healed, then you can just move on. Okay, so what tissues can we help? Muscles, tendons. What tissues can we not help? Okay, and then there are there are um, conditions that we can help and conditions that we cannot help. So the conditions that we can help would be a myofascial condition. Conditions that we cannot help. Autoimmune, um, cancerous. Okay. What might a standard treatment pr uh, plan look like? Three to four sessions over the course of a two-week. And then you can adjust it back or forth depending on, on what you see. Okay, so if someone has been under treatment with someone else for a condition that you think should respond to myofascial work, and they're not responding thus far, what questions might you ask the client as you start treatment? Are they working at this depth, this Thank you. You guys, you guys are making me proud. I've done that recently to uh, one of my clients who came in with plantar fasciitis. I've already gone through all these PTs, chiros, other MTs. I'm like, yeah, did they hit this? No. Did they hit it at this pressure? No. I'm just like, oh man. You know, you know what to work on. You got a plan for life. At least you know what to work on. It may not. It may, now here's the thing. It may not solve the problem, but at least. You're, you're going through the process properly. Yeah. At least you, you can start to eliminate myofascial stuff that's in or out. But until they worked this location at this pressure and, and had you come in, because it could be either one of those three. You could be getting the, the location, the pressure, and then, not, and then treat them every third week, and that doesn't do it either. Yeah, I, I've had any one of those things change, change it for, for me. Um, what factors affect intensity? How deep you can go? What are the factors that, that affect intensity? How deep you can go? Um, the client's the response. Clients, right, the client's I mean, body. Reacting to it. Okay, the pain tolerance? Pain, pain tolerance. Okay. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. What I else? Tell what else? What else affects it? <laughs> I mean, precision and location, right? Their motivation to get better? Their motivation, yes, yeah. absolutely. I had wrote down your rapport with the client. Uh, the client pain tolerance, as we just said, the nature of the injury. And one of the things that we brought out before when we talked about this is whether it was a referral or not. If it was a referral. Do you remember talking about that? I don't remember that. Okay, so I, 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 I brought out... I brought out... 
that. What was the main question again? Okay, the question is how. What factors affect how deep you can go with somebody? Okay. And and I brought out the fact that if it's a referral, you can often go deeper with them than if they it's already, not they already have a sense of what to expect. Because the referral, as part of the referral process, will say, "Go see Tina. She will kill you." And then they still set up the treatment. So you can often go deeper with those people than than somebody. So that's just. Yes. Or somebody who you said who's possibly had it done in the past. Right. Maybe people have had deep work before. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. When you find a big problem with a client and they said, and they did not tell you about a big problem, what is the first question? So you're going along with the massage and you find a big problem. Did you know this was here? Did you know this was here? Did you know this was here? External, you guys, internal. You guys are making me proud. Obviously, it's an internal issue. Um, first question would be, did you know this was here? If they say, no, I didn't, what do you know? It's an internal it's issue. If it's not giving them. It's, it's not affecting their world. Yeah. You can still invite them to, to have it resolved, but don't expect don't expect a lot. Bec why? They've resigned to their pain levels. People, generally speaking, no, they're not. No, they're not resigned to their pain because they didn't know it was there. Yeah. People are generally not motivated to fix an, Something that they an don't external know. problem right. external. that they didn't even know it existed. Oh, I've got this problem that doesn't exist. Oh, let me come handle. Let me come and handle it. But, but people are not motivated to solve problems that they don't know exist. Good, so, so that's what they say no, but if they say yes, I knew it was here, why would they, so I think it's important that we understand why, yeah, I knew this was there. I think it's important that you understand the different possibilities about why they might have told you, I want a nice massage, didn't even mention this problem. Why might that be? They, they, they don't work. think you can help them. They may not think you can help them, they got somebody else. Trying to somebody it. else is trying to help it, and either it hasn't helped, or maybe they make it worse. They just simply they don't think that they don't want treatment. Yeah, that did imagine just one for massage. Yeah. Not paying right now. like you can help. Yeah, they may they may not. So there's there's two things related to that. One is that they they didn't know that you could help potentially. The other is that they didn't think you could help. Right. So there's kind of two different things. So, yeah, so lots of reasons why they would not have told you about something. So if, if they knew it was there, it's a big problem, now where does the conversation go? Would you like for me to, to work on this? And if yeah, go through the steps. And ask. Offer an invitation for the next session. They can come in. So you're finding a big problem. I don't think you go to the invitation initially. Kind of explain to them. You want to know? You want to know better? Oh, you're just you're, you're just going back to the three questions. How long have you had it? What does it keep you? What does it keep bothering you? And, and then and then okay. So let's think about this. You're going to the three questions, but the third question is different in this case. Third question is different. Uh, we want to know how it's impacting their life, and uh, what is it? What how you know, how long it's been? How it's impacting their life, and then the, if we if it meets the criteria there of a of a of a, of a real problem. I think step five. Then step three is instead of would you like to get it fixed, it's an invitation to get it fixed. Well, you don't want to do it that day because they can't do that massage. You don't want to. Do you're, it yeah, that yeah, day you, yeah. You want to. You, 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 change you, the you, you don't want to change their vision. So you simply say, you know what? You invite. Now you go to the invitation. What does the invitation consist of? Explaining the process. Percentage. Percentage. Yeah, the answer is yes, but I, I need more. Frequency, number. Of but there's one. The one thing you forgot. The first thing. Percentage. Percentage. Percentage, percentage, percentage of, of success. Okay, we have a, we have this whatever success rate with this, and then this is what it looks like. What do you say? 
Yeah, it usually takes about this many so visits it, over this time period. the entire criteria of, of step five, right? No, not, no, 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 step five involves, all that stuff involves muscle tissue shouldn't be sore, and, and what you do if it's sore the next day, right? Step five has a whole bunch more stuff in it. Yeah. Okay. This, is, this is just the percentage of success, and then, and then what treat, the treatment would look like. We, get, we have a 60 to 80% success rate with that. It takes about four to five treatments over a two week time period and it, it can be intense. So it's those kind of things. What factors will affect the treatment outcome? The frequency. Pressure. Yes, what else? There's a few others. The heating capacity of the body. Let's say how your body heals. The nature of the injury itself. Okay, that's going to affect it, right? And what they're doing outside of work. What they're doing outside. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Good. Yeah, that's a good one. What they're doing. What they're going out and doing every day is a big part of their healing. And I make sure to tell them that too. I'm like, you know, I can only do this here. I said it's going to depend on. There's some homework involved. What you're doing outside. What caused this? Are you going to come back and do the exact same thing? I mean, they they leave here feeling good, then they go play basketball, and then wonder why they're hurting again. And they're like, well. Here's where it gets dicey. We want them to maintain what they've been doing, mm -hmm. but it's not unusual for them to start adding major things. Yeah, because mm -hmm. they feel so better. They feel better, and now they start playing, you know, uh, soccer games twice a week, or they're doing these other things. And so, ask if there's any changes if they've been able to do more since the. Okay, so follow up. Follow up with the client. What does a follow up look like? You're coming back in for the fourth treatment. What do you say to them? You're wondering. What's your percentage of uh, how you improvement? Yeah, yeah. you could say, you could say that's, that's how I would do it. How you, how you been doing? How you been feeling? And they say, I'm doing great. Okay. What's the percentage of uh, healing that you've, I, I don't know, something along those okay. lines? First of all, I don't ask about percentages on every time that they come back. Number no. one. Okay, it's, it's just periodic. If I'm trying. If I'm trying to get a sense, again, I, I mentioned it was the fourth visit. So the fourth visit, I kind of, I kind of want to know how we're doing here. And if they tell me, if they tell me how are we doing, oh, I'm, I'm doing better. Well, I need to know, I need to know how much better they're doing. Okay, so, so that's what I say. You know, are you like ten percent since, since you started treatment? Are you like ten percent better? Fifty, eighty. I've been doing this a long time. I have, I have literally never had anybody that says I can't, I can't answer that. They always know, and they always answer just like that. They, they, they know. And so it's a really good way to get a sense of, of how you're doing. And I don't do it every time, but every now and then I need, I need to kind of get a sense of where are we with this? You know, where, what kind of improvement have we really made? Because I know the client wants to tell you every single time they come in, they want to tell me, they want to please you, and they want to tell you that they're better. They want to say, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, and they will. I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. Sleeping better, I'm walking downstairs without pain. I'm doing this, doing that. So. But, but, but you're going to find situations where they say, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better, I'm better. And then when you finally go, so since we started, tell me about the total improvement since we started. Are you like 10%, 50%, 80%? I'm like, like 10%. Oh, okay. <laughs> That'll happen. And so it's nice to know that. It's just, it's just good to know. All right. Okay, so <clears throat> once the pain is gone, now what? Walk in. Walk in.
Well, no pain. All right, good. Now you're Thank in, you. You're in a state of dysfunction. We got to get you out of that. Okay, first. good, good. So, <laughs> so what I realized as I was going over this, there's something that has to be understood before we talk about this, and that is, I'm calling it. I, I, I kind of, kind of made up my little, the path to pain. How pain happens. Path to oh, pain. that's what I was thinking. Path to pain. Path to pain. Path to pain. Pain. So you have no pain. And dysfunction. And then you you go to dysfunction. And then you have pain. Uh, okay, so you know what I realized? This isn't no pain. This is no symptoms. No symptoms. Dysfunction. No symptoms. Then you leave, then you get to dysfunction. I O N dysfunction. Dysfunction simply means it's not working properly. It's not work dysfunction. Dis dis probably means contrary to good function or abnormal. That means abnormal. Dis abnormal function. There's still no symptoms, and then eventually you get pain, which is a symptom. So that's the path to pain. Now, when you start treating, it reverses. So pain last, pain is last to come on. And pain is the first to leave with treatment. So you have pain, and then you go to no symptoms, back to normal function. Pain is the last to come on in this cycle of dysfunction leading to pain. It's the first to go away. You still have dysfunction, but what you're hoping to get to in a perfect world is normal function. Okay? So that's the first thing. Oh my goodness, we have to start over. No, I'm sorry. Okay, so that's the first, that's the thing that, that you had to understand, okay? So <clears throat> okay, now the client comes in and says I'm better. Yay! We celebrate. But short-term celebration, and we tell them to Let's get, your get, get on the table. Yeah. Get on the table. Get on the table and find out if it's really gone. You're going to palpate. And when you palpate, you're going to find two possibilities, right? What are you going to find? No pain or pain. No pain or pain. If there's no pain, where do we go? Give them a massage. Yes, well, but first you have a discussion, or at some point you have a discussion on what to do if pain returns. Right? Because that's important. If they do have pain, then you can give them an option. And one of them is to, so one, one of them is no treatment, one is treatment. No pain, you just have a discussion with them what to do if the pain returns. If they have pain, you give them an option. You can, you can have no more treatment, or you can have treatment. If you have treatment, we'll treat you a couple more times, trying to get you to no pain. And, la and, you know, if, if you, um, and then once you're out of pain, we'll have the same discussion with them about what to do with treatment do. returns. Well, so they come in and they say, I'm better. You palpate the areas. You tell them there's pain, no pain. Um, I, think about, I think of this. I think of, of, of what you're describing right now, what we're talking about, as an educational process. 
This is an educational process. I'm helping them to understand because I understand that they have no more pain. I'm good. But I want them to know that there's that there potentially is an underlying dysfunction here. I'm going to, I'm going to be looking for it. And if so, we may need to give it a few more treatments. It's really up to you how you want to approach it. I understand the concept of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and why it's hard to keep driving down here for, for treatments if I'm not in any pain. And that's really up to you. I'm okay with you not coming back for treatment. Just here's what you do. If it does come back, come back and work on it. So but the, if they, you know, come in and no pain, whatever you palpate, you say that there are some, but they want to go ahead and just have just a relaxing massage that day. That could be an option too, right? Absolutely. Definitely. Just say, you know what, I don't want anything. Well, they're there. Yeah, you're going to do yeah, something. Yeah, they're going to do something. You're going to do something. Yeah. You just have them on the table yes. when you're discussing all of that. And then you can, you can help. I like to give them the choice here. A lot of people, I've talked about before, a lot of people are going to really push. They're going to say, no, you have to get treatment. You have to get, you have to keep working. You have to keep doing this until there's no more pain. I don't argue with that. If that's your philosophy, go for it. I'm, I'm good with that. I think it's a reasonable. I think it's a reasonable position that you should continue your treatment until there's no more dysfunction. And they always have the option of saying no. I don't want no more treatments. I mean, even just, if you, even if you tell them that, I'm not saying that they won't. Here's what. Here's what my experience says. Most people, literally nine out of ten will tell you flat out, I'm going to keep coming back. Mm -hmm. if, if, if you tell them, see all this stuff, this is still, you still got, even though you're out of pain, I'm glad you're out of pain, but there's still some issues here. They'll go, well, I'm going to keep coming back until I want it bad, I want it right. Nine out of 10 will tell you that. One out of 10 will actually come back for treatment when they're out of pain. That's my experience. Now, you might have a different experience. That's just my experience. Now, keep in mind, I don't have massage to offer them. See what I'm saying? Are you following? You've got massage. Are you are you guys following? Mm -hmm. You've got massage to offer them for them to come back, and you can work in a few little minor stuff along the way. That's going to be very appealing appealing to a lot of people. I don't have that in my own. I have massage service that I work right. with that they'll come back with and, and potentially get massaged. But I don't. I don't have. That's not an option for me. Has anybody had this happen yet? Sort of. How, how would you normally? Well, no, I did actually. I take that back. I did actually because with the knee, you know, she was like, I have no pain, so she didn't want that. She didn't want to work on the pain, so um, I did go through, and she was like, Yeah, it's still a little bit sore. And I said, Yeah, it's you know, we still need to probably work on it a little bit more. So she actually then came back in, and she comes back in mm -hmm. regularly. Yeah. Now it's a knee replacement, yeah. so yeah. she knows what the expectations for yeah. it is but we've actually gone through that so not to that extent I mean it was mm -hmm. but it's very similar yeah, yeah. so what did you do before this discussion how would you handle it Drew what would you do the clients came back in there better or did I would leave it up to them whether they want to continue treatment or not okay um, did, would you or, check or I'll push a, a would you do this would you do this step would you yeah would, would you look and see if there's still stuff? Oh, totally you okay. have to and I mean more often times than not you'll find something okay and if if so, then what I like what I usually do if they're out of the pain portion and they're still wanting treatment, I just kind of push the whole preventative edge. It's a good preventative for from coming back. Yeah. Maintenance. 
Um, but I, I totally leave it up to them okay. when I continue. Well, for what it's worth, this is the clearest I've ever <laughs> shown this. I'm very pleased with this. And you're more, very pleased. Oftentimes they will come back, whether it just be for a massage or preventive or just continue treatment. Just from a massage therapy standpoint. No. Oh, and Mr. Or, Drew. Or I'll tell them, you know, if the pain does come back, come back and see me. And Mr. We'll Drew, it. would you be willing to spend a few minutes? Going over what you shared with me the other day, or would you rather re resume it for another time? Uh, just which one? What, uh, just the normal, like setting up the the, the idea yeah, yeah. of totally. Um, you want to talk about it right now? Huh? Yeah. You want to talk about it right now? Yeah. So when I was early on in my practice here, I was it, you know it, there's two parts, right? You want to you want to elevate your practice and try to get your numbers, right? So to me. A lot of this was numbers based for me because I was trying to figure out how am I going to get to 75% because that was my goal at the time. I wanted to get to 75%. Basically with all the information we got on how to set up treatment plans, you can apply it to anybody. Anybody who's new to me, new client, uh, first time client, it doesn't really matter. I don't presume that just because they've seen other people here and now they're seeing me for the first time that any of this they has happened. Anything. Nine out of 10 times, none of this, even though they've seen people here, none of this has happened. Pressure, location, allocation, frequency. Did you come back? Either way. So I, I always take it first time to meet new clients. I see that as potential as, I don't want them to leave with just water in their hand without any education. I see that happening a lot. First time client comes into you, you just rub them down, do your massage, give your water, have a nice day. You know, you, you get into that mindset really easily of just, hey, they're just here for a massage. I'm going to do my thing and just send them on the way. But I got out of that mindset and I got into the mindset of, I know that one massage isn't going to be super beneficial. I know that two massages is always better than one. So I would always, I would work the angle of, if this is a new client to you with no pain, no specific pain, just a massage. Oftentimes you're going to find something in their body. Whether they knew about it or not, you're going to find something. Whether they think it's an issue or it's not, you can just bring it up. Same kind of thing. It just takes an session communication. Hey, you know, I'm kind of finding this and this. Is it causing you any problems? Yes, no, you know, and then you go from there. Even if it's not, be like, well, you know, I don't, this, your body's not quite functioning like it should. It's my goal to get you functioning better. Um, it's going to take more than one session. And really all I ask is for a follow-up session next week. It's my goal to get you functioning better than for five days. What's going to happen is you're going to feel really great for about three to five days. Then some of these symptoms are going to start coming back. If you get another massage within that week time frame, it messes, you know, messes with the system long enough and you get a longer, you know, you get longer relief. Usually every time, just with that power of suggestion, you will get a follow-up session. What if they can't? That's okay. Yeah. You're just doing the power of suggestion. Yeah. Hey, this is what I think. This and, is and, my goal. And, and, and I would sit, I would couch it differently and say it's giving them permission. Giving them permission. That's all they need. That's all they want. Just give them permission to help themselves out. So what you did is you turned that zero first time to you into 50% the next week, right? It's a lot easier to make up 50% no matter what than it is a zero. Even if they did come up for that one follow-up session, yeah. you still have to make up the 50, you know what I mean? And that's way better when you're trying to get your numbers up. So then that started working really well. Hey, just a follow-up session. Hey, just a follow-up session. Then they would come back. 
and then I would work on it again. Hey, this tissue feels a lot better. How are you feeling? Oh man, I'm sleeping better. Things are cool. You know what? I'm going to treat you again. I would, I'm going to ask one more time. Usually at that point in time, if they're already there, they're already kind of getting the idea of I need multiple sessions. At that point in time, I just asked for one more session. Hey, I would like to see you again about 10 days from now, 12 days. Let's see, make sure all this tissue is holding for that long, because it's my goal to get your tissue to hold for at least a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Because that's to me, is functioning at that point in time. If you're only getting a few days of relief, your body's not functioning the way it should. So another way to think about this, Drew, is that you know we have, a, we have no symptoms, uh, uh, full function, no symptoms, and I went to dysfunction, and then we have pain. Mm -hmm. So we're often going back and forth here. Drew's going back and forth here. That's another way to think about it. Yeah. yeah. And so then, two weeks later, they come back. Boom. You're up to 75% off one client in one month with three sessions. Yeah. Using the same principle and philosophies, you know three sessions is always better than one. Those three sessions usually really help out. So that's how I really was able to push push mine up, just being so present and mindful of my non-therapeutic clients. Because to me, guys, setting up a therapeutic client isn't hard. They come in, they know they have an issue, they usually are the last resort. They're wanting help, they need help. All you gotta do is be their guide. What's really hard is setting up a client who just came in that day for a massage, and now you're trying to retain them as a client. Yeah. And that's the and, majority of clients. And that's the majority of our field. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I was trying to talk to Dr. Schull. We have to have our filler. We have to have our everydayers. We have to have our weekers, our once a monthers. Even if this client turns into a once a month client, after that, you know, you can push a wellness program, a maintenance program. You know, I mean, I know that Dr. Schull doesn't really like that terminology too much, like the whole wellness or maintenance. No, I, I don't dislike it. It's just that I don't promote it. He doesn't promote it. I don't dislike it. Okay. So at that point in time, you know, after that, you've already seen them. Hey, why don't you try to come back in one more month? You know what I mean? Or, hey, if you're feeling pain again, come back. But what you did is you built rapport with this client. They've already told their friends that you've helped them out. They know your skill, they know your professionalism. And guys, they're just one injury away from being a therapeutic client. Because you know at any point in time, any of your normal clients can turn into a therapeutic client with one injury. see you they're not going to their doctor because they know that you can help them and so it's just about trying it's about being present in those sessions and trying to retain those people who just came in from a side but you changed their mindset just to let them know that they can be you know it went back to hearing that complaint really I mean this is how I built my practice just kind of playing with this and what just complaint? seeing oh it, it went back to the complaint of I'm not getting therapeutic clients on my table oh. Every client you get is a therapeutic yeah. client. Just change the way you think about it. Just If you're just getting a normal massage person, you're just sending them away with water, that didn't do anything. That didn't bring them back in. You just let, a, it, you know how much money this company spends on just bringing in a new client? Well, it goes back to, are there any areas that you'd like me to focus on today? If no, then you can do your massage, see if there's anything that really is internal or external. But it really does go back to, are there any areas that you'd like me to focus on today? Sure. I mean, in that case, you find the issue. Yeah. Palpate the issue. How does this feel? Has anybody ever worked at this depth? Has everybody worked? Yeah. You know what? No. So. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I'm not going to be able to clear this up with one session. 
I would, all I require is a follow-up yeah. session within the next five, six days. That way none of this comes back. We can treat it again. And then I would like to go over some secondary issues, some secondary tissue, whatever you want to, you know, however you want to say it. Because there's, also, also, there's other affected tissue that's obviously Absolutely. going. Absolutely. So you, you can turn that into a three-session fix just with them coming in and saying, yeah, I have one area of focus. Sure. You know, I, I wanted uh, Drew to share this. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, because I don't recommend this. It's not that I'm opposed to it. I've always said that. It's just that it's not something I've ever taught. So I thought, when he shared it with me, I thought it would be good to look, because it might, I thought this, my, my hope was that this might trigger an idea with, with one of you. Not that you would necessarily mimic what he's doing, but who knows what ideas this will trigger in your own practice that you might, it might break things out. What I'm taking away from this is that, here's, what, here's my take on this. Drew is acting out of his conviction that massage is beneficial to humans. And that they're getting benefit from this. And that he's inviting them to come in and get a couple of, 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 of sessions to build on each other so that they can experience a, um, a cumulative effect of, of a couple of sessions and, and he's giving them permission to act and, and do what they want to do anyway but they kind of feel guilty for doing. I was going to say, so what really propelled your practice, what you're saying is um, therapeutic invitations, that's kind of what I was hearing. Yeah, even with, even with just standard regular deep tissue clients, what really propelled you is offering the therapeutic invitations. Exactly, and don't presume that if they've seen other people here that they've been offered that sure. because they haven't. Absolutely. And I think yeah. oftentimes we do as therapists say, "Oh, you've seen these people? I'm not going to go through that." Quite Why frankly, would I? but my, they're not doing it. We're my not experience would tell me that people walk in here saying, "Can you fix this? I'll do anything if you can fix this, 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 this," and they get a nice massage and a glass of water. Hope you have a nice day. Yes. That's what happens. You didn't need their vision. Totally. And that's and happening all day long. And all you had to do is pick out a couple of those things, bring it to their attention, help them understand their issue, and just tell them that they can be doing better. Yeah. And it's not going to take a whole lot. To do with, oh, very acute conditions. <clears throat> yeah. Very acute. Define a very acute condition. Happened today. Today or maybe yesterday morning. Yesterday. They're, they're, the, so, one, they're the one, they're the one bar that will dip under. Okay. So someone comes in. And now remember now, this is generally speaking, I'm talking about somebody you've never met before. They come in and they can't move their, they, they can't, they're, they're really acute. Maybe they can't move their neck, they can't lift their arm, they can't, I mean something's really bad. It just happened yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you guys into a mindset here. Therapeutic trial. So the good, a good starting point would be, would you be willing to treat them? What's the answer? Yes, yes. Yes. But here's what I'm trying to get you guys to, to see here. For acute conditions, I want you to get into the mindset of your client. For acute conditions, haven't we all tweaked something? Haven't we all uh, woke up with a sore neck or tweaked our ankle or our knee? It took like three or four days to go away. Yeah, and, and then over the course of three or four days, doesn't it generally get better? Without doing anything. Without doing anything, right? It's important that you get a get a grip grip on that, because that's what your clients when your client asks you to treat an acute condition. 
in their mind, this thing's going to be better in three or four days, no matter what happens. And, and here's the other thing with these conditions. This is another really important tidbit. With that tweak, it's usually, it's usually a fairly straight line to improvement. Okay? It's not, I'm talking about, I'm talking about where our average little boo-boos that happen in life. It usually gets, it's a straight line for the most part to getting better. It can be a little bumps along the way, but it's a fairly straight line versus a chronic problem, which, which, is, really the, which is really this, okay? Or a nas some nasty, nasty problem. There's a nasty auto injury that we've got weeks and weeks and weeks of therapy that's gonna need to be happening. But, and, and the other thing about this in, the injury that I'm talking about is that it kind of came on, well, it, it could come on for different reasons, but often it, they don't even know how it happened sometimes. Or it just stepped wrong or something, you know. Or it's just a normal back, I went to move and my back gave, you know. I, see, the reason I'm talking about this is because these are the kinds of things that therapists often get too aggressive with. Therapists often get too aggressive with this. My goal with, with you right here, right now, is to encourage you to tread lightly with these. I'm gonna list a few things that, if, are, if they're present, you can, you can consider bumping it up a notch. Yeah. And we'll list some of those things. But in general, you're gonna to want to tread lightly with these guys. And the reason that I'm doing this is because I ended up having to field a lot of these calls where people came in and said, the therapist worked on me way too aggressively. I ended up going to the hospital and did that, did that, did that. And I'm thinking, this is where this whole idea in my communication class, don't be the hero, came into play. Was that I was just having problems with therapists being the hero and when they should be going light, when they should be cautious, and they weren't cautious. Acute injuries, now, again, I'm gonna, when we, once we've talked about this for another minute or two, I'm going to go into areas where you can feel comfortable, get a little more, get a little crazier. But, but, there's, but there's specific situations where you can feel comfortable doing that. Here's the idea. With an acute injury, if it gets better in the three days, who gets the credit? Your body, sure. The, time, the body gets the credit, yeah. If it's worse in three days, who gets the blame? You. So there's no, there's, for an acute condition here, there's very little upside. If you get them better, the body did it. If you get them worse, you're the dog. So, so, you, so my encouragement to you guys, be willing to not be a hero with some of these. Be willing to allow it to go slower. Be willing to be a little more cautious with these. Uh, real cute stuff is what they can't move. They can't get on the table. So the idea behind acute is to go light and easy and allow. Seriously, tell them come back tomorrow and let's do another treatment on this. It's just that you're just giving them a small amount now. Let's do a little bit now. Go light with them. Do as much as you know. Just light. Don't. But don't try to. Fix don't try up. to necessarily fix it all. What allow? Allow it to have a couple of di let, let, Give it time. That's the thing that I've done over the years. I've gotten better at is being more patient. Let the let the body do its thing. Think about it as an ankle sprain. You step off the curb wrong and you sprain your ankle. What do you need for that? Ice, ice. rest. 
Isolation. You need time. The body needs time for this. And you can't replace time. Let's, let, if they want to get treatment tomorrow, come in, we'll do a little bit more. Come in, we'll do a little bit more. But we're going to do this gradually over three or four days, not in one treatment. Okay? When they've had deep work before, that's one. That, yes. If they're a referral. If their referral is another one, go ahead. Have a good rapport with them. Rapport. If you have good rapport with them, you can. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else? Um, um, it's a they're tolerant. If they've had it done before, perhaps. Yes, if they've had this before. Some people will have an acute condition. If she gets this bursitis this bursitis for the same, you know, for the uh, uh, another second time, time, second time, she's like not. Some people do get neck stuff recurring, low back stuff recurring. If they know what the normal course of action is for this. And what pain it is. And the pain, and they're not, see, one of the challenges that you have is when someone gets an acute situation, if they're freaked out about it. Often they're freaked, half the time they're freaked out. They don't know what it is. They, are, they woke up at this neck thing, they're freaked out. I can't move my neck. So if this is a recurring thing for them, well then you've taken a whole layer of the stress of this thing away. So if it's a recurring, if they've had it before, that's going to give you license. If they've had treatment before, you can bump it up. It's anything that's, that's going on related to this that you have rapport with them, they trust you. If it's the first time you ever treat somebody, you've got to have it, you've got to approach it from different, differently than if you've worked on them, their, grand, you know, their mom, their grandparents. It's, it's different. So those are, their pain tolerance is the factor, absolutely. So some of them are going to be really touchy. Others will allow you to get in there and work more. So there are things that would allow you to do more. And those are, that's what they are, okay?